There are over 40 ITS associations around the world. Since 1992, ITS Australia has represented that country. Susan Harris has served as the CEO of the organization for over three years, and she told Transportation Radio a bit about the organization. Well, ITS Australia have been around in Australia for over 20 years. We're really proud to represent a number of the leading organizations in ITS in Australia, and we fit across uh, or represent organizations being government agencies, private sector firms and research institutions. So by sitting across those sort of broad areas, we're able to do a lot in the collaboration space, and particularly looking at the advancement of technology in ITS and to enhance mobility, looking at safer, more efficient and more sustainable transport solutions. At the ITS World Congress, which was held in Detroit in September, connected and autonomous vehicles received much attention. I asked Harris if that technology was also playing a major role in Australia. Certainly it's a really high priority for us here in Australia. Again, we're proud to have Coda Wireless, one of the world leading providers of wireless vehicle devices in the cooperative ITS space. And we're also doing a, a lot of work in the policy space to make sure that the Australian environment is ready for connected vehicles and autonomous vehicles as they become available. So we're wanting to make sure that the Australian marketplace is ready and that as a society we're able to get the benefits of this technology and particularly through our networks around the globe um, we're able to feed that into the community here to make sure that the Australian market is ready from a policy and a framework point of view. Um, we're doing a lot of work through a number of government agencies. We have an Australian steering committee that represents all of the federal and state road and infrastructure agencies across Australia and New Zealand and keeps us all up to date and they're really leading the charge in terms of making sure that we have an organisational framework to support cooperative ITS when it comes to Australia. And our National Transport Commission has done some great work looking at the policy implications and regulatory implications, initially particularly at cooperative ITS at this stage, but also looking at a forward piece of work looking at autonomous vehicles and making sure that you know we've got an environment in Australia that's ready to support that technology. Beyond vehicles, Harris talked about other ITS topics that are receiving much attention in Australia. Certainly we've done a lot of work looking at smart cities and enhancing mobility through hub of activity in our major cities across Australia. So we've done a lot of background work in managed motorways, free flow tolling, interoperability of our tolling system so you can drive through tolling road in Melbourne and then the same device will, you have one account and that can collect your toll in Sydney or in Brisbane. Most recently one of our awards up in Brisbane last week was for emergency vehicle priority system, making sure that our emergency vehicles get priority as they move through the city and they get priority at the traffic light signals. And that's been a particularly strong piece of work because it's engaged with a range of government agencies and emergency vehicle owners over in Brisbane. And it has the opportunity to also be used for a range of other purposes, such as priority for VIPs or priority for public transport vehicles. I asked Harris about some of the unique challenges and opportunities Australia faces when it comes to ITS. Certainly uh, being a federated system it means that we have to coordinate ourselves with each of the states. But on the other hand, you know, we're a relatively small nation and we have less complexity than other regions in the world perhaps and means that we can 
work towards, particularly in the ITS space, work towards a nationally consistent approach and that creates an opportunity for us to, particularly as we're looking at new and emerging technologies, there's a very strong view that we want a nationally consistent approach and we are very pleased to now have a national policy that endorses that approach, that particularly as we move down the avenues of cooperative ITS and automated vehicles, it means that we've got a strong foundation and it's going to make it easier to make sure that we implement things more smoothly. We have a range of programs that also operate on a national level, such as our Transport Certification Australia run a national service that enables us to monitor specialist vehicles and heavy vehicles to make sure that we understand where they're moving and can manage the permit system and manage that activity and ensure that they're complying and make sure that that cuts the red tape but also means that we have the information that we need to ensure that people are doing the right thing. Australia, like the U.S., has governments at both the federal and state levels. I asked how these levels of government coordinate when it comes to ITS. Typically, you know, the federal government, by and large, collect uh, the various revenue streams in terms of taxes and so forth. And so that means, by and large, they're able to fund the majority of our projects or provide the lion's share of the funding. But typically, it's the states that are responsible for the delivery. So typically, the states will present to the federal government about the projects which they see as the priorities for their jurisdictions and the opportunities and the ways in which they should be done. The funding comes from the federal government and then the states are responsible for delivering and managing those projects. It's not always a smooth process, but it's a well-established process. While ITS Australia has a focus on Australian issues, it also interacts extensively with other ITS organisations internationally. Yeah, well, we're really fortunate to um, have the opportunity to connect face-to-face several times a year through a number of conferences and face-to-face meetings with ITS America, with Ertico, our peers at ITS Canada, ITS UK and other ITS associations around the globe. One of our strengths that we see is not just our, our connections locally, but our opportunity to connect our local members with the international community. So, you know, that's part of my role on connecting regularly with our colleagues around the world. We're also very pleased through the hosting of the ITS World Congress in 2016 in Melbourne. We've been delighted with the level of support we've had from our international peers around the world. We've had some 16 international ambassadors have put up their hand and offered to promote Melbourne and spread the word about the World Congress in Melbourne. And so that, I guess, reinforces the strong links that we have internationally and the fact that we're able to look at what's happening globally um, and bring that back to Australia, but also look at what's happening in Australia and share that with the broader world as well. Harris says ITS Australia is looking forward to next year's ITS World Congress in France and at the same time is planning on hosting the 2016 Congress in Melbourne. We're really excited about the opportunity in Bordeaux. We've just been talking this morning about our stand in Bordeaux and how, what we're going to do in the exhibition. Um, and we've been working strongly with our members to encourage strong participation in the call for papers in Bordeaux. I know there's going to be a strong contingent at the ITS World Congress in Bordeaux in um, in October 2015. Um, so that, that, that's our first responsibility is to make sure that comes off really well and we're really getting behind that at the moment. But in the meantime, we're of course also looking towards Melbourne and making sure that things are in place to have a great World Congress in Melbourne in 2016. We have just released, uh, as you can imagine, it's a massive event and we need to make sure that we start our planning now to make sure we can put on the right sort of a show. So we've just recently released a call for demonstrations. So we've actually secured a section of the Grand Prix track in Melbourne. So people might be familiar with the Grand Prix track from some viewing it over the television perhaps. So the Grand Prix track is you know, within a five, ten minute trip of the exhibition centre in Melbourne. 
So we'll be able to take people over there and there'll be an off-road area where we can stage various demonstrations. We've certainly got a very strong program lined up. So, you know, we're looking at building on the themes that have been in the World Congresses previously around smart cities, connected and autonomous vehicles, the challenges of policy, standardisation, some of those general issues. And then we're also looking at focusing on some specific areas where we think Australia has, um, I guess, unique challenges and strengths to offer in the ITS space. So we'll be highlighting some of our approaches to smart freight the large vehicles we have here, the way we manage our freight, and also some of the approaches in the mining sector in particular with autonomous vehicles, you know, heavy mining equipment that's operated remotely in capital cities but operates out in mines and remote trains and automated cranes and trains that operate in the mining sector. So we've certainly got a really strong program that we're working on and we've got some 70 ITS professionals involved in our various committees making sure that We've got a really strong program, we've got a strong demonstration program, we're going to be running technical tours across a range of areas in the city and of course some wonderful social activities. On the more immediate horizon, the Australian ITS Summit will be held in Melbourne in May along with the National Electronic Tolling Conference. This is Bernie Wagenblast, Transportation Radio.